Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits. Let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. Hi, this is Dr. Carol Francis. Welcome to Make Life Happen. We are all about your health, your wealth, your love and relationships, your career, your purposefulness, your meaningfulness, your happiness, and your spiritual connection. So stay tuned. First on the agenda today is your wealth, your relationship with money, and the psychology with which you approach money can have a tremendous impact on your ability to save, grow, and earn money. Money has this funny ability to be able to be part of a circuit. That means it flows in and it flows out. If it stands stagnant for too long, it actually loses its value. So what you want to do when you are taking the money and saving it is to make sure that it is growing in some way or another. In addition, consider that when you earn the money, that your time, your valuable time and your talents and skills are present. So you want to make the most amount of your time and your skills. That means that you completely and 100% invest yourself in what it is you're doing to earn the money. And you also look for opportunities to be able to invest your skills and your excellent energies into being able to earn even and even more. This is a way of growth mentality as opposed to just feeling like you're there stagnant. The third thing to remember is that people are not there to do you a favor. Instead, you're there to do your best, to put the energy into the cosmos, the world, your business, your employment, so that you can reap the benefits. Now, that doesn't mean you're always going to be appreciated, either economically or in terms of your boss's attitude. Remember, people have a plethora of of concerns, and you're just one among many. So you're the one that needs to be in charge of you not only investing optimal energy and skills into what you're doing, but also being able to look out for yourself to make sure that you are appreciated, not in that you are somehow entitled to money because you aren't. But if you're earning the money and putting the energy in there, you will also simultaneously look for ways to invest your time and your energy and your skills so that it reaps the benefits that you want and also benefits others, which brings us to our fourth point about money consciousness. Money is there to benefit people. It benefits you. It benefits the people that you pay for either their services or their products, and it benefits the people that you are working for or working with. So if you are a boss and you are helping other individuals with their salary, remember that that money is there to help them be able to be energized to work for you better and also to make their life more doable. If you are an employee, remember that the money that you are earning is reflective of that company's investment in how you are benefiting them. This whole consciousness about circular relationship with money, it helps you create that I am part of a flow and I will put my energy into the flow, but I will also open myself to the flow coming back to me. And that flow may be the money goes out into a savings account, that money goes out into my education, that money goes out to service and products that help other people earn money, and then also my skill sets and my energies and earning the money allow the money to come back to me. It is this part of the efforts and the skill sets of earning the money 
that's a little bit harder for people to realize because they think that they're entitled to money as opposed to recognizing that cosmically it is also a part of the karma of earning and the karma of investing your skills. That's it for money today. Let's capture your health and consider that today you are going to invest in your ability to really move your body because your body was meant to be moved. It is craziness that we are living in this body that was all about climbing trees, growing fruit and vegetables, hunting animals, and building shelters for ourselves as opposed to sitting still in front of computers. That's absolutely crazy that we're living in a non-sequitur relationship with a physical body that absolutely celebrates the art of movement. And not only does it make you happier when your body is moving, your muscles respond and your bones correspond. And there is this synergism between you and your physical body. When I say you, realize that most people in Western society segregate their mental and emotional life and the part of their life that sits in front of a computer or devices or a screen most of the time, it segregates away from their physical body as if they're not really living in their physical body. We haven't evolved yet to being only just heads. We still have that physical body that says, please move me, stretch me extremely and gently so that I can celebrate my existence. And the truth of the matter is, we find out that exercise is pivotal to your intelligence, to the growth and well-being of your brain, to slowing down the onset of dementia or Alzheimer's, to being able to help you concentrate and be productive at work or learning or being skillful in a particular aspect of life. It helps you be happy and have a sense of well-being. There is no way that you can live without being aware that your body yearns to move. So move it at every chance you get. And that's the investment in your health. Today, talking about your relationships and your love, we have to go to the realization that those people who love you and those whom you love do not necessarily see the world or experience things the same way you do. What it is you need is not necessarily what they need. And as a correspondence, they're going to be very confused about what you need because if they're giving you something that fits what they would like to receive, it may not fit what you would like to receive and vice versa. You may think that the perfect gift that you are giving that other individual should really make their day, but the truth is that your perfect gift for you does not necessarily mean that this other individual will feel the same way. So the whole art of being empathically tuned to people you love is looking to understand who they are, not who you are, who they are, and therefore what clicks for them that makes them feel loved, secure, seen, visible, and safe in your presence so that you can cultivate their good feelings towards you in like manner. A part of the relationship is communicating clearly what you would like to receive too so that they can have a really good, wonderful feeling that what it is that they do create for you is actually congruent with who you are. Now, we must think for a second that it's true in relationships that people aren't always in a giving mood 
And when they're not always in a giving mood, it means that you're going to be deprived of what it is you would like to be given to. And the way we often respond to that is anger, resentment, a sense of entitlement that they should want to and they should do it our way. But the problem is, is that other individuals are not always capable of giving, nor in the frame of mind of giving, nor understanding giving. So what do we have to exercise then? Well, self-respect for sure. I'm not suggesting that you feel completely happy with always not being focused upon or looked on or given what you need. But secondly is a sense of tolerance, a recognition that you are probably going to have to take care of yourself a majority of the time so that you will be in a position of giving and in a position of receiving simultaneously that other individual may or may not be taking care of themselves the same way you are and really you don't have much control about that. You might ask that they will. You might ask that they give you what you need. But the problem is is that they're not puppets that function within our control. And the last thing to consider about that is that in relationships, if you're making other people your puppet, they're going to resent you. And the response you're getting back is not that of love, but of that of trying to pull away from you emotionally. Cultivating your happiness is not always about giving yourself exactly what you need. Most often, it's about you giving others. Random acts of kindness have an interesting impact on our brain, and I'm talking about that part of our hormones that are actually set up to be very happy, very responsive to when we give to someone else. What seems to be very helpful is to give randomly. That means just someone needs to have a door open for them or help to walk across the street or they're about to slip and you help them not fall or perhaps you catch their groceries in midair, but that you're there and you're pleased to be able to be there. Moments in which you can give with a moment of effort tend to raise your brain chemistry and all those wonderful hormones, including dealing with the interaction of serotonin and dopamine, which have everything to do with feeling happy. And so that sense of meaningfulness that you do matter in this world and that you did matter to that stranger or to that friend or to that loved one in a manner that made their life a little better. So look for those opportunities where you can do those random acts of kindness. And I suggest don't make them big or huge or self-sacrificing to the point where you feel resentful or uncomfortable, but make them in the moment, being attentive to what you can offer in the moment. Now, here's another clue. Because your relationships of ongoing nature are very important, don't forget that those random acts of kindness not only extended to strangers makes you feel very purposeful, but that you need to also pay attention to those people at your home or in your life on a daily basis. Just because they're there forever doesn't mean you take them for granted as being givers to you, nor that they think that they're there for them. Instead, you want to make sure that you do those random acts of kindness for them just out of the blue, something little or small that you know would matter to them. Don't make it so huge that there's all sorts of entitlement or all sorts of sense of confusion about what is wanted back. Make it big enough to be felt, but not so big enough to create a burden for either you or the other individual. And perhaps trying that formula today will change your life in every way. For you that are curious or have a sense of your own spiritual existence, this final part of our program today, 
addresses your spiritual consciousness associated to being able to create the life that you and others around you would like to have. Yes, you have a definite impact on everything that goes on in your life, and you can have an influence on those people around you. We're going to talk about the interaction between your heart field and your mind field or your thought field. Now, there are three prongs to being able to manifest. There's actually more than that. But today, we're going to talk about your heart, your thought, and your actions. And so know that your thought field, which extends from your brain, those repetitive ideas or consciousness or tasks and skills that come and emanate from your thoughts, can actually be cultivated by way of purposeful thinking, repetitious thinking, and also thoughts that lead to a change in your emotions and thoughts that lead to a change in your actions. Correspondingly, your actions can have an impact on your thoughts and your actions can have an impact on your emotions. Correspondingly, your emotions can have tremendous impact on the power of your thought forms and also the power of your actions. So consider that simultaneously you're taking your emotions, which we're going to call your heart field today, your thoughts, which we're going to call your thought field, and your actions, which we'll just call actions for today. So on a spiritual level, you want to be able today very deliberately think thoughts that are helpful to you and others. Author Tom Moore says that he begins each of his days considering for everyone, including himself, the most benevolent outcome. So no matter what he hopes or prays for someone else, it is always accompanied with the thought of the most benevolent outcome for those others or for himself. In addition, he also uses the power of information that comes from his thoughts, from synchronicity, and also from dreams. This is true in many authors, but Tom Moore is a recent individual that I've interviewed that you're more than welcome to listen to on Blog Talk Radio, Dr. Carol Francis. Now, let's consider that idea of combining your most benevolent outcome for you and those around you as a thought form so that any moment you're driving along and a car cuts you off and instead of swearing them off, or at least right after you do, you repeat to yourself that you wish for that person the most benevolent outcome multiple times. Now, who knows that perhaps your energy has not only helped yourself not get your blood pressure so high when someone has driven in an irritating fashion, and of course people do. In addition, it might be that that thought form helps that person to drive more consciously and thus stopping a few other complications and accidents that might ensue. Moreover, thinking the thoughts, the most benevolent outcome for that other person simultaneously has an impact on you. It is as if you're under a waterfall where it not only washes onto the person next to you, but also washes onto you. And you can feel as if your soul has been cleansed for the moment from whatever debris you or the other person might have created in that instant. So that is just one example of using repetitive thought form in a very deliberate fashion that doesn't engage you in the negative, but definitely engages you in the constructive. Now, all the situations that you can apply that type of thought form are going to greet you every moment of today. Just watch. The second thing we want you to be aware of is your heart field. Now, the research in this heart field is across the world, but we'll focus on the heart mass. And they have created a real awareness that your heart and its energy field, when it is exuded with love and thoughts that exude the experience of love, so there's the interfacing of love and thoughts, 
it actually can extend and energize the people next to you. So let's say that you're working alongside someone else and you feel like they're acting disrespectful and you give them the thought of the most benevolent outcome for yourself and the other in the next few moments and you begin to say, well, I don't really have many feelings of love, but I'm going to go ahead and be aware of the crystal of pink, that is the rose quartz. And I'm going to be as far as you can go just thinking of rose quartz. So visualizing rose quartz and visualizing that from your heart extends the energy of the rose quartz. Well, we can talk about the energy of quartz, but that's another time. Just think about it and just experience the energy of rose quartz. Now, somewhere in the process of that, you'll also be able to calm yourself down and realize that there's value in kindness. The kindness towards yourself, which you wish that other person who was being inconsiderate would have towards you, and kindness towards that other person so that they can experience that they have a little bit of freedom inside of your presence to have kindness. Now, of course, as individuals that are very entitled, narcissistic, and don't care a bit about you, they don't live in their heart field at all. They live in a very different realm. So they're going to perhaps respond one way or another, but you are not going to engage in their inconsiderateness. Now, does this mean that your thoughts are going to come up with some interesting strategies that will take care of you and also the circumstances? Uh, it's a possibility. And those strategies will be a lot freer to act, which is our third dimension, in a way that actually might have an impact on that other individual the way you need it to, and maybe with just a fraction of enlightenment for that other individual to take an appreciation and want to take an appreciation for the way they impact people around them. This is just one example in which you're trying to extend your heart field by way of whatever means you can, a beautiful color, a sense of a beautiful image, and just really involving yourself in the beauty of that image and allowing yourself to swell up with that feeling and seeing if that same swelling can be extended toward that other individual to just create enough enlightenment so that your thoughts can now move toward healthy, reasonable, really magical strategies that you can enact that will be on your own behalf and perhaps on behalf of the other individual. So these are ways as you move into this spiritual consciousness to interface those things that affect your wealth, your health, your love, your sense of meaningfulness and purposefulness and a sense of your power to impact people and yourself on a spiritual level. I'm so glad you could join us. This is Dr. Carol Francis on Make Life Happen. I help people on all sorts of levels, in all sorts of depths, and in all sorts of meaningful ways to move forward in their life in all ways. So we have now examined one way for you to deal today with your consciousness about wealth, health, love, meaningfulness and purposefulness, and your spiritual sense of power. Take care.